0: Hey everybody, welcome to An American F1 Podcast. I'm your host, Brennan Klein. And welcome to our first full week without an F1 race. Yeah, can you believe it's only been eight days since the Abu Dhabi Grand Prix? Truly feels like it's been months. Between all the social media speculation, all the news articles, all the YouTube videos made on it. I mean, even here in America, our 6pm news guy reported on it. Like our 6 p.m. news sports guy was talking about the F1 conclusion and it was pretty funny listening to him trying to explain everything that happened with the safety car and then how it ended and all the confusion after. It was quite interesting and of course I thought one of the funnier takes was uh, if anybody watches The Daily Show with Trevor Noah he had a really good take on it. Now I know Trevor Noah was a big F1 fan so he was able to explain it really well and it made me laugh, too. So if you ever get around to that, it's on YouTube. You should watch Trevor Doe Explains, the end of the F1 Grand Prix. It was a pretty good end of the Abu Dhabi Grand Prix. It was a it was a pretty good uh, video. And definitely good for a laugh if you like F1 and get the jokes in between it. Uh, but the Abu Dhabi Grand Prix, the news is still going around. The news hasn't left us. And one of the bigger news pieces of news out of the Abu Dhabi Grand Prix was in regards to Lewis Hamilton. And what is, sir, Lewis Hamilton, by the way, congratulations to Lewis on getting knighted the other day. Well-deserved. He's an ambassador for the sport and definitely a worldwide figure, well-deserving of the title of Sir Lewis Hamilton. But anyway, there's been this new speculation going around, mainly thanks to a video released by Total Wolf and, Understandably so. It, there, There is no doubt Mercedes is frustrated, and we can all understand why they feel like the title was ripped from them, and I totally understand why they protested the FIA gala, why Louis Nortoto showed up. I did kind of feel bad that the Formula E team didn't exactly participate in their photo shoot. I feel like the people who worked on that team deserve that a little bit, but Mercedes is pulling out of Formula E anyway, so... Take it with what you want. Um, Nevertheless, Toto was on the news the other day. It was in an interview, I believe with Sky Sports. I might be wrong. Don't quote me on that. But Toto was giving an interview, and it was posted on Instagram. It was posted everywhere, um, looking like the supervillain in his turtleneck that he sometimes looks like. All respect to Toto, but sometimes I truly do think that Christian Horner and Toto Wolf could be super villains in, like, a Bond film at any time. They they always have that look and, like, that accent and that vibe. But, anyway, Total Wolf gave an interview in which he talked about basically how the Mercedes team, Total Wolf himself, and Lewis feel disillusioned by the end of the Abu Dhabi Grand Prix and how they definitely feel how... They definitely feel like the title was... Taken from them, taken from their reach. I mean, they did have a, they were dominating that race up until arguably the influence of Michael Massey. Or maybe inarguably, the influence of Michael Massey. So, you know, Toto said basically that it was going to take a long time to digest what happened. They feel disillusioned. They might not ever get over it. And Toto Wolf had a very, very strong comment. And if you watch the video, you can, you can sense the emotion in it. And, um, you know, he said, Lewis and I are disillusioned at the moment. He said, we're not disillusioned with the sport. We love the sport with every bone in our body. And we love it because the stopwatch never lies. And then he continued to say, but if we break that fundamental principle of sporting fairness and authenticity of the sport, then suddenly, the stopwatch doesn't become relevant anymore because we are exposed to random decision making. And he added, and it's clear that you may fall out of love with the sport if you start to question with all the work you've been doing, all the sweat and tears and blood. It was a strong comment from Toto, and you could feel the emotion. In his voice when he said that. If you watch the actual video, you feel the emotion from Toto. Toto is a very emotional guy. We've seen it on, you know, random video clips during the races. We've heard it on the FIA radio. But this made Toto more human to me, too. More a genuine competitor. Clearly frustrated. Listen, F1 teams put their hearts and souls into the work they do into making their team the best they can be at the pinnacle of motorsport. Dozens, hundreds, thousands of employees work endlessly to perfect their team's game. And Toto is the boss of those people, including Lewis Hamilton. And when a title is stripped from you like that, it doesn't just hurt Toto, it doesn't just hurt Lewis those people that put in those hours at Mercedes, they feel that too. And I think Toto's expressing a feeling not just from himself and from Lewis, but from Mercedes as a whole. So you can understand the frustration with it and why he's so angry and, and why there's this emotion boiling around. It's more than just Toto and Lewis and Mercedes. It's a team effort. And when a team feels like they've lost something, you're going to feel it as their boss. You're going to feel That frustration. But Toto went on to say basically talking about how Lewis is as a competitor and how he feels Lewis is the greatest of all time. And the quote that people are really um, focusing on is where he said, basically, I do hope Lewis will keep racing. He says, I would very much hope that Lewis continues racing. Because he's the greatest driver of all time. And he followed that up with, we'll be working through the events over the next weeks and months. And he says, and I think that as a racer, his heart will say, I need to continue. Because he is at the peak of his game. And a lot of people are focusing on this quote. A lot of people are saying, well, this means that Lewis is considering retiring. I don't think that's going to happen. I know Lewis and Toto again, like we said, they protested the FIA gala. They didn't show up. Nevertheless, I don't think that Lewis is the guy that is just going to say, you know what? I'm hanging it up. I'm frustrated. Things didn't go my way. Um, I'm done. That's not who Lewis is as a person. That's not who... He is as a competitor. Lewis is somebody who is going to fight. I don't think Lewis would back down without a fight. And I think instead what we're going to see from Lewis Hamilton and Mercedes and Total Wolf is a re-energized, vengeful Mercedes team, Total Wolf and Lewis Hamilton. I think what we're going to see in 2022 is a Mercedes team that is going to put all their efforts into making the best car possible so that there is no doubt who the winners are on the track. So that beyond any shadow of a doubt, they will prove that Mercedes is a ninth, constructor champion in a row and that Lewis is going to get his eighth world drivers championship and I truly think that's what we're going to see and honestly, if I was the competition, if I was Red Bull I think Ferrari's going to have a good year too if I was Ferrari, if I was these other teams I would be concerned about how good Mercedes is going to be next year you might think my prediction is going to be wrong Maybe the new regulations are going to make everybody closer. But I still think when it comes down to driving ability, even if the cars are closer, when it comes down to pure driving ability, a frustrated, a vengeful, a determined Lewis Hamilton is scary. And I think that's something we can look forward to in 2022. I think it would be one of the greatest storylines in F1, if we had Lewis, quote-unquote, I don't want to say rising from the ashes, because that would make it seem like he had a terrible 2021 season, but Lewis rising up and just showing to the world how good he is and why he deserved that championship this year by completely... Killing the competition in 2022 would be a great storyline. And I think would be healthy for the sport. I think uh, people got what they wanted this year. We were truly jealous with the battles we had this year. But I don't think anybody would be upset if Lewis Hamilton won an 8th World Championship next year. And I think it would obviously... Would it heal the wounds from 2021? No. I don't think these wounds, like Toto said, I don't think they'll ever... Heal from this wound. It will always feel like a championship that was stolen. But I think a championship next year with a determined Lewis will ease some of those wounds. So that's my thoughts on Lewis in terms of where he's going to be at next year and why he's actually not going to retire. But there were other things going on this week in you know, there was a lot, actually. We had new driver testing. We had the eight, the Pirelli 18-inch tire testing. It was pretty cool. I think I mentioned it last week. We saw George Russell driving, uh, Logan Sargent, an American. Uh, he was having a chance to drive. There was also F2 testing this week. And of course, one of the cooler things, uh, I've never really watched the full FIA gala. And I made it my goal this time. I said, all right, I'm going to watch the FIA gala just to see what's going on. And it was kind of your typical awards ceremony, you know, with all the pomp and circumstance. They had, like It was actually pretty cool. They had these nice like kids bringing out the trophies, which actually brings me back one quick thing to Lewis Hamilton. Um, on ESPN F1, actually, it was kind of sad. This actually kind of um, made me feel a little bad for this child who was supposed to present Lewis with a um, an award. It was a young car named Zach Zhu. Um, He made a tweet, which kind of, uh, you know, I think it kind of brought the tears a little bit. Um, There's this nice photo. I saw it on ESPN F1. He said, I was so expected to carry your trophy to you, Lewis Hamilton, to show you my helmet with the first star. So um, this racer, he has a helmet that is inspired by Lewis's with the stars. And then he said, "Uh, but you were not there. And he said, you are the greatest driver in my heart. And I really hope Lewis sees this. Um, and I hope somehow he can meet up with this kid because this was probably one of the gonna be one of the greatest moments in this kid's life and because of situations beyond his control, Lewis was obviously not there, that's kind of sad, but again, I don't blame Lewis for that um kind of hard to um, but you do feel really bad for that kid who's kind of you know unintentionally caught up in a controversy much much bigger. Um, but the FIA, the FIA Gala was entertaining. It was good. It was cool to see like Nick DeVries and the Formula E guys recognized as world champions. I thought it was cool seeing, I like endurance racing, so I thought it was cool to see, uh, Kobayashi get recognized as a world champion. Um, and for all the work he did, you know, he truly is a talented driver. I think a lot of people can think back to his F1 career and think about how like, you know, I think he was kind of a fan favorite too. Um, but yeah, the gala was good. And then one of the more heartfelt moments was when Jean-Tote, um, jean uh, went to step down and basically, well, didn't step down, but it was basically his going away message and the FAA presented him with two gifts, uh, one being the helmets of all the F1 drivers from this season and the other being, so Jean-Tote has led a, safer, more affordable helmet initiative. So the helmet was signed by all the champions during his tenure as FIA president. And then he gave a very heartfelt message talking about um, basically a lot of it focused on how much Michael Schumacher meant to him and how he really wished Michael could be there in this moment and how... He really is missing Michael. And not that, you know, Michael is not with us, but he's really missing the fact that Michael couldn't be there to celebrate in this moment. And it was truly a humanizing moment for someone, you know, we don't really think of as, you know, maybe being so human all the time, being the head of the FIA and kind of seeming bigger than other things. But it truly was a humanizing moment. And I think it brought a lot of emotions too if you're a Michael fan or you know, a Michael Schumacher fan. I think it brought a lot of emotions back and definitely hit a little on the feels. So uh, that was definitely a powerful moment from the FIA gala. It was quite interesting and it was definitely heartfelt. Um, and I thought it was good to see. Um, definitely, definitely showed Jean-Tot as a human. And as someone I know, we sometimes criticize the president of the FIA, especially recently. But I, I think, you know, it showed you that still how much of a genuine person he is. And that kind of ties into our next moment. So the FIA, jean Todt is stepping down and we're getting a new FIA president, which is Mohammed Ben Sulaym. So Ben Suleyem has, you know, recently been elected FIA president um, he's actually quite a decorated racer, and in, uh, in terms of the Middle East, uh, he's a 14-time FIA Middle East Rally Champion. Um, he's held a number of roles with the FIA. Um, he's been the vice president for the UAEs, the United Arab Emirates. Um, you know, uh, he was the vice president for sport and member of the World Motorsport Council. He was a founder of the FIA. ACTAC region, which includes the Middle East and North African countries. He was the Vice President for Automobility and Tourism in the UAE and a member of the Innovation Fund Steering Committee. So definitely a good tenure. Um, I think it's pretty cool too because Mohammed Ben Suleim is going to be one of our first non actually is the first non European FIA president, which I think is very important too because it represents a step forward for motorsport in general. I'm hoping that Ben Suleim can take motorsport and the FIA to new corners of the world. I hope that, you know, um, with the increase in diversity in the sport and obviously not just F1, because the FIA is bigger than F1. I'm hoping that with motorsport overall in general, we can see it expanding to new parts of the world. Maybe that, aren't always within the reach of larger divisions. I'm hoping that means we see increased member participation, you know. Um, Listen, the drivers we have are great in all levels of the sport, but there is nothing better than encouraging diversity, encouraging drivers from other countries, giving more opportunities from drivers, maybe from poorer areas or areas that just don't have the resources to run high-level motorsport, Development programs, you know, it'd be nice to see initiatives like that just to see the world of motorsport grow. I don't think that would be bad for competition at all, I don't think that would be bad for motorsport in general. So, yeah, I think Ben Sulam is a wonderful choice. I'm hoping that as FIA president, he'll be able to handle a lot of the new challenges that are going to come with him. And unfortunately for Ben Sulam, again, I know. He is bigger than motorsport, but obviously one of the first major issues that Ben Sulaim is going to have to deal with is the end of that Abu Dhabi Grand Prix. Because we know already that there is going to be a special committee set up to investigate what happened at the end of that Abu Dhabi Grand Prix. So Ben Sulaim is going to have to lead that and figure out what they're going to do with the end of that race. So this probe into the Abu Dhabi safety car controversy is unfortunately going to be Ben Sulaim's first major act as FIA president and overseeing that. And what's going to happen after? I mean... We don't really know. Is is Michael Massey going to keep his job? Are they going to add more assistance to the race director? Or are they going to maybe make stewards more consistent? I don't know what they're going to do to fix it. I think we're all intrigued to find out what those findings are. And what's going to happen with it. But um, yeah, it's definitely going to be interesting to see what's going to happen in terms of Ben Suleim. And how he's going to deal with this sort of F1 crisis and tied into that is the fact that Lewis Hamilton did not show up to the FIA gala, which unfortunately the FIA has rules and one of those rules is that drivers finishing first, second, and third must attend the end of the year prize giving ceremony. One of the weird rules of the FIA, but... I guess it makes sense because if you don't show up then you know and you don't penalize I guess that could leave room for anybody to not go and kind of make it you know a more boring ceremony I don't really know um but obviously the rules call for the top three drivers to attend the gala so Ben Sulaim was asked by the BBC if Hamilton would face any penalties for not attending this gala and poor Ben Slam guy has only been in the job for twenty four hours and he had to respond to this question, which I'm sure he was expecting. We know that um we know that <laughs> obviously this is expected. Um and think it obviously comes with the job territory, but he responded by saying, you know, forgiveness is always there Oh uh, actually first he said uh if there is any breach there is no forgiveness in this. Um And he added, forgiveness is always there, but rules are rules. So it sounds like, in some way, some form, Lewis Hamilton is going to be penalized for missing the FIA Gala. What that penalty will entail, it'll probably be some kind of minute fine. I'm sure that will be like pocket change to Lewis Hamilton. But uh, it is kind of funny that, yeah, Ben Suleim basically said, hey, rules are rules, and Yeah, Lewis Hamilton's gonna get a penalty for, or some kind of penalty for not attending this FIA gal, which in some ways is insane. uh, But in some ways, I get it. You know, listen, this guy can't just start making exceptions on the first week, not even the first day of his job, because that'd probably be one of the not one of the ideal ways to start off. So, yeah, he's definitely gonna have an interesting uh, couple months ahead of him, Ben Sulaim, to find out, you know what to deal with this Abu Dhabi Grand Prix controversy, and really what to do with Lewis Hamilton missing the ceremony. Uh, And again, just some other things with the FIA Gala that I actually forgot to mention. Uh, It was pretty cool to see um, Lewis Hamilton win Sports Personality of the Year. Uh, Definitely, definitely well-deserved as well. Um, Obviously, Lewis has done so much outreach In terms of so many issues that he's fought for, I think there was without a doubt, I would say it would have maybe been between him and Sebastian Vettel for who deserved that award. And then um, another interesting thing, if you're a fan of F1, obviously, why would you be listening to this if you're not? Fernando Alonso won, uh, I believe it was Motorsports Moment of the Year for his defense against Lewis Hamilton, which again... Definitely well-deserved. Fernando, like I said, he had a spectacular year this year. and Like you said, it's just a warm-up for Alpine. But, yeah, Fernando definitely for that moment, that spectacular defense against Lewis Hamilton at Hungary, helping Esteban Ocon win, uh, was truly one of the special moments of the year. I think it was a, you know, so much went on in the 2021 season that I think it ended up being an underrated moment of the year, too. I don't think it got the recognition. Definitely at the time it did. But I think it got lost with so many other things that happened this year, like the Monza 1-2 with McLaren and the Lewis and Max battles and just all the general craziness of this year that I think that kind of got lost in the shuffle. I think looking back, some people are like, oh, yeah, Esteban come won a race this year. So that was pretty cool as well. Um, and just one thing to before I you know sign off, one of the cooler things that I did – watch this week, and I think I highly recommend it if you guys have the time, if you're able to watch it, um, the F1 does, if you have F1 TV, they do a really great series on older races, like they do 1970 season review, 1971, so I started with 1970, and it and it's, you know, okay, the documentary is maybe not the most exciting in terms of its narration, but uh, it was kind of interesting to see, it, it does a nice track of the 1970 season. Um, and the other seasons that they had, it does a nice recap of what went on this year, uh, that year. Um, talks about the drivers that were coming in and out. I thought it was pretty fascinating to see in the 70s that there were drivers like teams were switching out, teams were switching, drivers were switching like crazy. It was definitely not what we're used to these days, where you know you have your two set drivers and that's it. Um, there was definitely a lot of uh, switching going on it was also interesting to see some of the innovation that went on too. like, so, uh, it was Lotus, which one of the first cars to have the double intakes in the back instead of the front radiator, allowing them to have the sleeker nose. I thought that was pretty cool too. Um, looking at how kind of the F1 cars have evolved into what we have today. Uh, definitely interesting to look at and where those technological innovations took place and how they were like mid season changes and, um, it was definitely interesting to see all of that and watch the footage from the seventies, which was quite crazy. I mean you had Marshall standing on the edge of the track, you had spectators, one of the races in Mexico City. They were having difficulty starting the race because spectators were literally along the sides of the track. Like drivers had to go over two fans and convince them to back off from the track or else, you know, there was a potential that they could Die watching the start of the race because we know how chaotic race starts can be. So quite interesting too to see how safety has completely changed and how uh, you know the car has evolved in terms of being safer and how even the track themselves have become a lot safer. Um, that was the other thing I meant to add to it. Like Monaco, at Monaco, there were people just you know casually walking on the side as cars are going right by them. And in my head, I'm thinking, like, oh, my God, if somebody goes off track, like, this person's dead. I, I don't know how um, people thought those were safe measures back then. Because in my mind, it's just crazy. You have these F1 cars, which were still crazy fast for their time, going past just people walking casually. marshals walking casually. So, definitely an interesting watch. And uh, the 1970 season was a little interesting, too, because, of course... I don't know if anybody knows the history of it, but Jokin Rinning was actually in the lead of the championship with quite a commanding lead. And then he unfortunately um, died in an accident, I believe it was at, I'm going to say Manza. Don't quote me on that. It was either Manza or Imola. I know it was in Italy. But um crashed and ended up dying. And he is the currently the only F1 champion, knock on wood, hopefully the only, uh, to have been awarded a posthumous uh, championship so definitely an interesting season a tragic season because um, I believe there were two driver's deaths that year but um, definitely shows the way in which the sport has changed for the better um, since then so yeah uh, thank you for listening again I'll try to uh, make another video next week I'm trying to figure out another podcast next week trying to figure out whether to release on Monday or Wednesday I know there's not a lot of news in the off season, but I'll just try to fill it in with my random thoughts and hopefully there's more random news that comes in during this, you know, little lull we have before the season starts again. I'm sure F1 is never short of controversy. I'm sure by next week we'll have something else that we're talking about, whether, you know, we're still waiting to hear from Lewis speak on how he feels about the Abu Dhabi Grand Prix, so I'm sure that's going to happen within the next couple of weeks or I'm sure we're going to get some confirmation that Lewis is racing or... Something always interesting. If not, I'll just talk about whatever it was that I did this week relating to F1. So thanks again for giving a listen, and I hope to speak to you guys next week around the same time. Thank you, and have a wonderful first non-F1 Grand Prix week.